welcome to episode 6 of Fitness Unfiltered. I'm Jocelyn Thompson Rule, and in today's episode, I speak with my dear friend Lisa Price. Now, Lisa is a strength competitor, she's a yogini, and she's a manual therapist. We've both been in the industry for 15 years and, and really, really view training very much in the same way, which is why we connected so well for teaching the course together. We discuss a lot of really cool stuff. I really, really enjoyed this podcast. We talk about training. We talk about how we got into fitness. We talk about learning and that it really has to be your own journey and your own process. And that's sort of how you become better at teaching others in effect. We also touch on a really important topic, I feel, about changes in your body and how that affects your actual body image. So Lisa talks about how leaning out didn't actually make her feel any better about herself. So I just think that's a really important topic to touch upon. We often feel like if we get to this weight or if we see more abs, then we'll be happy. And there's often a a deeper level there, a deeper thing that we need to look into in order to draw that happiness out, if you will. Lisa also discusses a blood disease that she has and how that affects her training. Lisa and I will be back teaching our Strength Rising courses in the autumn, so I cannot wait for that. They're my favourite workshops to run. And Lisa and I will also be talking together at my Women in Fitness Summit on the 27th and 28th of October, so more details on that to come. I hope you enjoy the show. Lisa, how are you doing? Hi, Joss. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Very well, thank you. We, we've tried to get this damn podcast got going about... <laughs> We've had about five attempts, haven't we? But we're here and now you're actually in a professional recording studio and I'm just here with my little mini mic by my laptop. But it's cool. I feel very lucky. Yeah, I think this is way too professional for me. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's start. um, Tell the people a little bit about yourself. That's the bit I've been least looking forward to. I know this. I know this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm Lisa and I am a manual therapist. I do a little bit of yoga. Well, I do a lot of yoga teaching and I do a little bit of, I guess I do a little bit of coaching as well on the side. So, uh, so yeah, that's me. That's what I do. That's so not everything. I don't know what else to say. It's so (laughs) difficult. I know. know. Uh, And what do you, what do you compete in? Oh, okay. So I compete in strong women at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and how long have you done that yeah. for? Um, so my first competition was in I think 2014, 2015. Um, and yeah, so I started competing. I started with like a novice competition and then I went into the Londons, into London's strongest woman. Um, and then from there just kind of spiraled out of control really and started going, uh, through to England's and to Britain's. Um, and then I took a little bit of a break, um, and I'm back in, but under a different, um, strategy at the moment. So yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And, and how did you, how did you get into it? So you, so you said, yeah, how long, cause you've been in the industry. We're pretty much the same, aren't we? In terms of how long we've been in this, in the industry. So very quickly on that. Um, so, um, how, what did you start off as in the industry? Um, so I started off as a receptionist at a gym <laughs> called that used to be LA fitness. Um, so yeah, I started off when I was, yeah, 17 years old. Um, and then moved um, on to, you know, being a fitness instructor through to um, personal trainer. And within that time as well, I did my um, massage course. 
and um, I started yeah working as a personal trainer and then massage therapist I went into um, I went into uni later I think I was 23 when I went to uni and I um, I started a I did a sports science degree but I took a lot of the strength and conditioning modules to be honest and so that leads quite nicely into what you are so basically I did a lot of the strength and conditioning modules and then started uh, within strength and conditioning you need to know how to ollie lift so I started competing in um, ollie lifting at uni level and at English level. Um, and then I ended up going away to um, away for a, about a year to Bali, which is a long story. Um, but basically when I came back, one of my friends that I used to compete with alongside, um, she had started doing strongman. So she, so she invited me down to watch her in a competition. And I was like, this is so cool. Like, what is this sport? This is absolutely incredible. So, um, yeah, I literally signed up that day. I saw a novice competition on the board and I signed up to do it and found um, Villain Strength at the time. It was Villain Barbell Lifting Club. And that's it. And then I started getting into it a little bit more from there, really. Okay, very, very cool. And we are, we are both uh, extremely grateful to Villain Strength, aren't we, to Andy, um, because he is the guy that introduced the two of us. Um, so um, at the time, how long was that? Uh, three years ago, maybe? No, yes, about three years ago, I want to say. I want to, yeah, three years ago. I'm wondering if it's more, that's what I'm wondering, but I think it was had probably I, three. Had I had Bjorn or not? Do you remember? Yes, he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, so it was definitely kind of like maybe two and a half, three years ago. Um, and Andy introduced us. So I knew Andy through uh, BJ and, and definitely would consider Andy um, to be one of the people in fitness that I really look up to um, and I'm inspired by. Um, and um, I remember he said, Joss, you've got to meet this girl Lisa she's super cool and I want you to meet and I want you to get together and I want you to develop a course for women um, and lifting and I was like cool awesome let me meet Hell this yeah. chick <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no it was such a good idea it was so it was so brilliant he's he's good like that he has these little little gems of ideas and they uh they tend to work out quite well yeah yeah and then so we met and then it was instant instant love wasn't it um and we ran our first uh what our first lifting course which was an all-day course course actually um called strength rising which is which our, our courses are still called um that but now we run um smaller three-hour workshops um which i love too but there's never enough time as all of the attendees on the courses will know we're like okay time stop talking let's move on um but um okay so fine so you got into um strong women uh, but what i what i love about you and for me this is what feeds into your style of coaching um and also actually just to um go back a little bit to what you talked about in the introduction um you are a manual therapist and for me as a personal trainer and sports therapist having those two pieces just makes the work that you're able to do with your clients um so much better like you of course, sometimes you do have to send people on to uh, be seen by somebody who's more specialized in, in, in an area. But for the most part, you can generally teach your or generally treat your clients, sorry, um, if they have got aches, pains, injuries and so on. Um, so I don't, is that is that what you found with your practice or? Yeah, yeah, no, completely. That's like, yeah, no, for sure. Like I um 
I find that being, I find that as I, I really did like, um, home in as a manual therapist, that's like, that's my thing really. Like I love hands-on, like I love to touch and to feel, and I can just, I can like figure out the body a lot more that way. Um, so I really was able to use that in, um, being able to look at someone and see how they move and understand their bodies a little bit more because it's not it's not always as simple as like this muscle attaches here and here and then that affects this one particular thing like the body is so intricate and everything is is so connected that you can't separate it like that and I need to be able to um be able to use like my skills as a manual therapist and cross that over to what I was d- doing as a PT um it was just so much more help. Like it was so much more helpful. And I found myself just able to look at bodies a little bit differently. Um, that's not thus. Yeah, (laughs) basically that's what, that's what it was. And that's what I love about it. And, um, I mean, that's the connection between all the, that's why a lot of people say like, I don't really know what you do. What is it that you do? It's just yeah. like, no one really gets it. But I just, how like, do you know all that how stuff? How do you know all that stuff? Yeah. Um, and it's just literally just finding different, like I've just been really, I've been really, really lucky like over the years with each of the things that I've tried to get into, I've like learned and taken what suits my skills and being able to apply it that way so for example with yoga I never ever intended to be a yoga teacher ever like never really thought about it didn't really do any yoga I think I'd done like a couple of classes and then I'd met the my yoga teacher a lady called Eleanor Voice and uh, we met through a uh, <laughs> we met through a common client and this client was like you, you need to like you need to hook up with this woman like you see the body very similarly like you need to go and see her so um, she actually booked me in for a massage and she really liked me and then I went to see her to do some therapy type work like movement therapy work and I was like oh my god this woman she's absolutely incredible I need to I need to know what she knows so um so I start I just did the yoga teacher training that she does purely to learn more about the body that's it I never ever intend to be a teacher at all but it just kind of spiraled from there really so um because I was quite um well I am quite hands-on in my learning like I love books I love studying I really do but to really learn something I need to kind of like feel it and touch it and see it in front of me and um so that's why I went to do that course and I went to yeah I went to do the yoga teacher training and I kind of fell in love with it from there so and you've, you've just come back from Bali haven't you where you were where you were teaching um yoga or you were teaching anatomy and physiology weren't you for yoga was that right yeah so basically yeah yeah so basically like I um I went out there to teach some teachers yoga teachers anatomy and physiology um as well as teach some classes um yeah so basically there's a yoga school out there when I first went out there um back in 2013 i i essentially went to do a free diving course and then i became quite good friends with the people that ran the free diving course i became one of their master students first so i was teaching i was learning to teach free diving and um and then i had just started my yoga teacher training then i think so i was doing a little bit of yoga with them and it it was really nice because the way that they um they did it was it's not just about free. So free diving is when you basically go underwater and hold your breath. So different to scuba, you don't have the tanks on you and you, you dive on a line and you try to get 
um, as deep as possible, basically. But the way they did it was um, was in a very um, a way where you would be trying to understand your mental processes with the diving because obviously it's quite stressful diving so you know you're holding you're holding your breath your body has responses your mind has responses to that breath hold and you're learning to take yourself outside of your body and what you're experiencing and just trying to be comfortable with being uncomfortable essentially um and so that fed into the yoga and that kind of, and then i started teaching yoga out there and um getting them to be able to open the rib cage get deeper breathing open up the hips to be able to thin shoulders to be able to uh to dive properly so yeah that kind of and so, ba- so so basically for them to kind of stay really calm and what would be a stressful situation because you're under the water with no air <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So some schools, some, it's like anything, some freediving schools come from more of a performance-based background and some and this particular freediving school um, came from more of a yogic kind of be within yourself. How do you feel? How do I cope with being in this stressful situation? How does my mind work kind of um, thing, which I loved. <laughs> yeah, amazing. I did not know this about you, Lisa. the free diving every time every and we there's this we have a running joke that every time we (laughs) sit and meet one another we have like another random question like god i didn't know that i'm really i'm really conscious as well that i'm talking about free diving which is really like which on a line no no it's good but it's also no 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 not at all but it's also how you know kind of your journey into it um and also what's really nice is you've you've said that all of the things that you were kind of interested in along along the the way, you happened to meet um, some people that you really kind of connected with and learned a lot from, uh, which is great because I feel like now for um, new trainers and actually, and I'm actually working um, with um, a, a small group of, of trainers at the moment um, who are kind of either new to the industry or have sort of lost themselves in the industry a little bit, um, and I think it's because they're so kind of perhaps outward looking at what everyone else is doing and they're a little bit less connected to actually what they really enjoy doing as a trainer and to follow that path and to be confident in that path um because for for because for me when i when i started i did personal training and sports therapy i loved the sports therapy side i loved fixing people um the more broken somebody was the 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 better the happier i was to kind of fix them and um and i did that for a long time and kind of studied deeply into that and then one day i just got a bit tired of fixing people (laughs) Like, I'm over it. I'm over you injured a lot. And actually that's now come full circle. And the online programming that I do, the majority of people that I that I coach or a large proportion of them are athletes or kind of regular people that like working out who have had some kind of injury or trauma. And it's about kind of building their body back up to be able to re-enter um the the level of training that they were that they were doing before. So I find that kind of what, what what was a big passion for me and then I was like I'd done it so much I was like ugh I'm over it but now I'm kind of doing it again and it and the journey keeps on kind of changing and taking twists and turns and so on so so yeah no that's like that's 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 exactly how I see it though as well like you just you just choose you just go to stuff that interests you and it will open some doors and something else will come out of it and you'll discover something else like that's exactly like I went into that's exactly it with the yoga as well I went into the yoga going like okay cool I need to learn this about the body and then I got so much out of it and it's just brought me into totally different areas that I didn't even I didn't even think that were 
that I would ever be doing. Um, yeah, it's exactly the same. Like I never, I really only went into, uh, to Bali just to do the course, like, just because I was like, that sounds cool. Let's see what that's about. And then that brought me to like a whole another aspect of my life as well. Um, so like, yeah, with relation to what you were saying about your, um, uh, your people who are like not sure where to go not sure what to do um just like finding something that you're interested in and then just following it and just seeing like okay cool where does that lead me like where where's that taking me and discovering like oh not quite sure about this road let me let me see this and you'll discover other things on the way um yeah it's just also it's just yeah it's just a process isn't it Exactly. And there are a ton of things that I've done in between that I've investigated and gone, oh, okay, now that's not for me, um, which is also fine too. Um, and th- there, there have been, so, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years. There have been periods of one to two years where I'm kind of like, yeah, no idea where I want this to go next. So I'm just going to sit and wait <laughs> and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so true. Okay. And, um, so you, so obviously, um, I love it because you, um, are strong as hell, uh, and you, um, are also a yogi and those are two things that, that don't often, um, you don't kind of see together that much. I thought I was totally yeah, exactly. Right? Um, how do you, how do they come together for you? And do you, do you practice one more than the other? Are they both as one uh how does how does it work for you yeah it's totally um I think for me what the what the thing is is with yoga everyone whenever anyone talks about yoga you kind of see these images of these like incredible people in these like absolutely amazing positions and um everyone thinks of yoga as being either that or being just stretching you know and just like and that's the process whereas like yoga really for me and that's how I implement it is that it helps me and what I love about it is it helps me learn about my body and understand my body better so it's not it really isn't about trying to get into a a specific pose at all Um, it's like a lot more based on looking inwardly a bit like what I said with the free diving actually like looking inwardly and going okay like that hit feels a bit weird, like figuring it out. Like, why does that feel weird? That feels different to the other one. That feels right. That doesn't feel too good, actually. Look, why is that? Maybe if I move my hip in this way, can I can I get in a different position? Like, what's my body doing? How does my body work? And that's how that's how I relate it into strength training. It's exactly for me, it's like one and the same thing. Like you're kind of you're doing it with strength training as well, really. Like, yes, you're trying to get a really heavy weight but you're trying to figure out how your body can do it with and get stronger with the least kind of pressure does that make sense so like I know when I've got like especially with ollie lifting if you do an ollie lift and if you've got that groove and it feels really good you know you've got it right whereas it feels a little bit dodgy it's it's not so um yeah that's how I'm like I feel I feel like they're one and the same and that's what I try to do with um teaching yoga as well um rather than so a lot of my classes especially it doesn't always look like a traditional yoga class it doesn't always look like a sequence of poses trying to get into the final pose um quite often I'll stop people or I'll stop a pose before it gets to the final look of it because I'm trying to work everyone on understanding something else within their body first um 
And so, yeah, so it's all, it's more about the process of it for me. And exactly the same thing. Like if I, if I'm trying to train more, if I'm coming up to a competition, I might change the type of yoga that I'm doing. I might make it more release type work. If I'm not really competing, I'm not really strength training. I might do, do a lot more, um, uh, a lot more harder yoga work. So it just, it, it all just links into each other and it goes in sort of like up and down with both of them. So I don't know if that answered the question. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit. But. Yeah, no, it, it totally did. And, it, and, and, and a ton of stuff just came up for me as well when you were saying that. So I know um, another uh, great yoga teacher, Christine, um, she's yogishapes.com, I think, and maybe yogishapes on Instagram as well. Um, and she um, put a post out just the other day saying, you're not going to see me with my leg behind my neck it doesn't serve me. So there's a ton of, you know, images that, of course, look amazing um, visually, but actually are you doing what do, do you yeah. is that necessary and you know and I'm, and I'm not I'm not taking that away you know I can't get my leg behind my <laughs> neck for love nor money um basics are, are are tough for me um so that's not to downplay it. obviously it's it's a huge feat of, of physicality but um yeah look looks amazing no it looks absolutely incredible but it's not it's not necessarily what yoga is about um and it's not necessarily what everyone will take out of yoga so there are loads of different schools of yoga as well um and you know you don't it's not it's not just all about that and similarly it's not just all about stretching either like have you ever done yoga it's hard as hell I feel so sad when I leave those classes I'm like I might as well just curl up and die I am rubbish It's really, yeah, it's really hard. It's not easy. So, um, like a lot of people just, and uh, I think, I think it's one of those things that a lot of people go in, not a lot of people, like some people go into it reluctantly going like, right, I need to be more flexible. Okay. I need to do yoga. Right. Okay. And they'll get into the class and then they'll just like mindlessly go through the processes. They've been told what position to get into like, right. Okay. I need to do that. Now to do this. Like that feels horrible, but it's probably right because, you know, they're telling me this is how I should be doing it. And they're just trying to look at this outwards um, pose of what this teacher's trying to tell them to do. They're trying to get into it. And it's just this whole mess, like rather than, <laughs> rather than just like really thinking about like, okay, what am I feeling like? Oh, if I twist this way, it doesn't feel quite right. What, what doesn't feel right? Like what's my knee doing? What's my, what's my knee doing in relation to my pelvis? And like all these things you, you, <sighs> I know I'm saying it like, be- because I've got this training in anatomy and I've, you know, I can, I can see this sort of stuff. You can, it's, it's not just because of that. You can figure that out if you just put your mind into it as you're, as you're moving. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And that's, it's that it's, it's self-awareness, isn't it? It's movement awareness. And it's also, I feel, um, we are so disassociated from what our bodies are telling us that, you know, someone would rather sit in your class and get you to adjust them and kind of feel some discomfort and be like, yeah, this feels a bit rubbish without going any deeper than that. And and that crosses all spheres of health, I think. So one of my... Well, I think it's something we try to do with Strength Rising as well, right? Like, I, I just feel like every time we, every time we teach that workshop, I just feel like we just 
the message we're always getting across is that you have responsibility for yourself. You know, you can figure out what feels right, what doesn't feel quite right. And you have the capability of trying to work it out yourself as well. So, um, so yeah, I feel like it's, I feel like it's something that just keeps coming up at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And you're kind of, um, basically your journey of self-discovery essentially, um, what, you know, let me find out more about this. Let me, essentially you learning more about your body helps you to then teach other people to learn and understand their own bodies. Oh yeah. Yeah, completely. There's this whole, like, um, there's this whole thing of, um, if you're if you're practicing it yourself, you that's how you become um, the teacher that you are because you develop your own. It's not about taking these cues that you, you're taught on your teacher training course, and it's exactly the same with like if you're a PT or or whatever industry you're in. It's not about what you've just like learned from the course. It's about you practicing it and going actually like I figured this out and actually I've done that through that maybe I can use those type of cues to help someone else and and then then you become your own version of a teacher does that make sense so you're not it's not just copying and pasting what you've learned yeah no I love that um, and also um you you mentioned that it just reminded me um we've we've both also trained under um Giles Greenwood of Olympic weightlifting um and uh and I, I remember I used to get one-to-one sessions with him and uh i and i love giles i love his uh the way he coaches he says very very little but you don't want to let him down um and i i remember i did um i was competing and he was there and it was my first um olympic weightlifting competition and i just had my full trust in him and bless him because it was my first one he had a, he had a bunch of athletes there he was like right you know i need to look after young joss today is what he said and um and I remember I went out and I and I did my lifts and um, I think my, my clean and jerk was fine, but snatch was my was at the time kind of my my the, the lift I worried about more. But I would come off the stage and you know I'd get the lift. I've co- I'd come off the stage and he'd be like, right, what are you going to put on next? And I'd say, what shall I put on next? Like I had that much trust in his coaching that I was just like, whatever you say, Giles, I'm going to do because I knew that he would get me to lift what he knew. I could lift and that his belief made me believe I could do it. Do you know what I mean? Um, but, um, I remember once I was having a session with him and you know what Olympic lifting is like, like it, you go, you go, you know, two steps forward, 10 steps back. So much of it is in your head. And, um, and I remember I, I, I did this one lift and it felt so good and the weight felt like a feather. And I was like, that was amazing. And then, you know, every session after that, never got that same smooth lift again. He was like, Joss, you're looking back on that one time, aren't you? That one time that you lifted well and it all just flowed. And I was like, yep. <laughs> it, was just, it was just kind of finding that, that zen or that flow or whatever various athletes call it. Um, okay, cool. And then um, I, I like also just what you were saying about um, people say, oh, right, I need to get more flexible. I want to I want to do yoga. And and so yoga is the end point or yoga is the thing that the the vehicle through which they'll get to the end point. And for people that do that, they sort of miss without sounding too airy fairy, the journey in between, which is the, the part where they'll learn the most. Yeah. And that's like that, that for me, like it's, that for me is the most important part, right? The, like the journey is, is the most important part because that's where you're going to learn because your next goal is going to be is when you when you finally reach what you want to reach 
if you ever do <laughs> like it depends doesn't it really you're gonna, you're gonna move that to something else you're gonna move that to a different stage and you're constantly chasing this thing outside and everything that you are doing can teach you so much and to miss out on that is such a shame um so to think of like yoga as a completely or if you're going to do yoga for example to help you with your mobility in order to if you're a strength athlete um to think of yoga as separate to your strength work um just doesn't make just doesn't make sense so if you're going to a yoga class like completely mindless and not thinking about like what can I learn from this like what is my body teaching me right now um then I just think you're wasting your time <laughs> like essentially I think that's what ends up happening is you just end up wasting your time and then you just end up not doing it and then it doesn't serve you at all not that everyone needs to do yoga but for like just it just 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 in 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 general movement whatever your mobility yeah whatever your whatever your thing is or your your the thing is that you do to make your mobility and movement better for whatever you want it to. I'm just relating it to strength sports, but it can be for whatever you want to get you out of pain or whatever you're doing. If you're doing that mindlessly and without any real intention or really real thought, then it's not really going to serve you. Yeah, for sure. And, that, and that's also even just something like, um, you know, warming up for whatever a class a lifting oh, we session say this, don't we we say this all the exactly. time exactly we, we talk about on the course oh, yeah just go like just go like, through the motions wander to the mats yeah exactly and just you know you can see them there and they're not really concentrating on what they're doing they're not feeling they're not thinking about what they're like prepping themselves for um so yeah this is exactly exactly what we talk about and that's and because we we cover that mindset piece at the end and um you usually talk about your even so not only your warm-up like why are you why are you warming up what you're warming up what's what's the purpose to it and um, but also in between sets you're you're reviewing that last set you're thinking about what you're going to be doing in the next set you're not just sitting down in between watching the clock and being completely disassociated from the full process of the strength session itself um so it's it, it's super important so basically be more i know mindfulness is a is a huge kind of buzzword at the moment i and saying that it's a buzzword it sounds like i'm talking it down i'm not at all because i think it's incredibly important um but that has to go through every single um piece of your day if it can um because it's it's just so important um let's talk a little bit about uh, body image and women and lifting and all the girls that are like oh no how am I gonna look I'm like I'm so happy when I talk about this you know that <laughs> it's like a huge it's like such a huge thing that I have um journeyed through and struggled with for like a long time um so yeah I'm, I'm well happy that you want to talk about it <laughs> yeah funny. yeah well t t tell me about tell me kind of what your experience of it has been um, so I've always had a like really, really poor body image, like really um, quite a lot. So um, getting into strong women was like really, uh, really cool for me because it was one of those things where it's not particularly, it's not about what you look like it's about what you can do it's about how capable like what you can do within your body like what you're capable of and it gives you like such a huge amount of um self-confidence in a way 
Um, and you can carry that through to so many other aspects of your life. Uh, so I really, I really am and grateful for what that type of thing that I received out of Strong Woman. But um, to be honest, um, to be honest, it can kind of go both ways as well. So like my journey was like really insecure through to Strong Woman going like, right, okay, cool, brilliant. Like I'm really strong, like my body's functional. And then it went right around the other way to um, my weight category went up. So the weight category in which I competed in was under 75 kilos. And then it went up to under 82 kilo category. So like, I'm short, like I'm not tall. <laughs> I'm like I'm like five foot two you're perfectly sized like (laughs) so for me personally for my frame when I went up to the 82 kilo category I started I had this kind of disconnection with it a little bit where I was so confident in the gym and like yeah like especially the type of gym I was training at as well it was all about what you could do and like not all about what you can do but you know it was it's not based on looks it's it's not yeah it's It's about about the lifting yeah um yeah it's just not based on look it's not aesthetic so but every other time in every other aspect of my life I was really unhappy like going out I was really unhappy I started can't like I would cancel going out with friends because I was so insecure about how I felt um and you know I had put all that weight on to be strong as hell and like I was I was strong so um so it's gone through like a whole range for me of being able to to use kind of that um image of me like a stronger self and use that for confidence but also then it kind of goes into the other side where it was like oh actually like you know what, like I don't, I don't feel good. And actually I can't move very well. And (laughs) I'm not very athletic. (laughs) I'm meant to be, I'm meant to, I'm meant to be athletic, but I'm not really that athletic. Um, so yeah, so it goes through this whole like of wave and change and what I've like, so I've started competing in, um, a different, um, kind of area of strong women so my categories moved down to again moved down to the under 75 kilo category so um I've lost weight in order to get there but what I've discovered really along the way is that like my body image is completely separate I say completely separate it's just not exactly parallel to how lean I am and that's something I've struggled with so much in the past. And I'm just starting to kind of, I'm just starting to get it now. It's just starting to click. Like body images actually for me is something that you have, like I have to work on consistently as, as you would work on anything else. Like I have to put myself in situations where I challenge um, my body image and challenge like what I think about myself in order to grow from that and get more happier with what who I am does that make sense and that that is not parallel that is not doesn't go like parallel exactly to how lean I am for sure yeah so what so you're saying so you're saying two things there I guess so in the past you may have thought that actually the leaner you are the more of a positive effect that would have on your body image but actually you found that once you did lean out the still how you were feeling about body image hadn't changed necessarily hadn't changed at all yeah hadn't changed um, at all which is which is major because 
I think that so many people think I know when I when I lose this weight or when I have abs or when I'm one of my legs look different, I'm going to be happy. And that's so not the case. Um, for, of course, for some people, it, it, it may be the case. Um, but I think that's a real thing that you, um, that I find as a trainer that you kind of have to prepare people for. And it's kind of like, um, you know, asking, um, why again and again and again, which was, um, what the girls from Nuco Nutrition spoke about, um, when they, when they spoke about, when they spoke at the summit. And it's, it's fine, you know, getting down to that real nitty gritty, the real reason why you want to achieve whatever it is you want to achieve because you think it's because of one thing. But actually, once you ask why five times and you're very honest in those answers, you then get to the, the real, why um as opposed to sort of like not not the superficial why but the, the the kind of reason that you sort of think is just sort of floating around in your head but you haven't given it um a huge amount of thought because it's sort of easy just to box away that yeah once this happens i'll be cool okay done that's my focus um and also you also mentioned um that you had to uh get you know expose yourself i guess get uncomfortable and and deal with um body image because it was separate from how lean you you were um do do you mind saying sort of what what that looks like like i I, for i remember you did put a post up and on instagram and you were saying you know before i would have had a real issue posting this but f it basically and i was just like go girl Um, so yeah, what does that, what does that look like for you kind of then challenging essentially what is how you think about, um, your body? So do you know what, like I can, I can give you like an example of today. So, um, excellent. How how timely. It's it's hot, right? So it's really hot. So I'm like, okay, I want to wear shorts. Okay, cool. So put these shorts on. I'm like, okay, right. I can see a bit of cellulite on my legs. All right, fine. Okay. there's some green veins there all right fine okay that's cool <laughs> and like feeling a little bit conscious about it because I've been I've worked on trying to get to a little bit conscious about it but wearing them anyway like wearing them anyway and just and just going out with them and just trying to be just trying to rock them yeah basically yeah that's which it. obviously so that's you like, did that's like that was a ch- yeah <laughs> for sure so um you know like just like for me putting myself in in like not putting so much emphasis on it like put the shorts on look in the mirror like yeah I can see I can see that there not particularly happy that like I've even got I've got a lot of um old um skin discoloration on my legs from old bruises that I've got I've had and you know like really self-conscious about them but you know like they wobble a little bit when I walk (laughs) that's that's what they do but they're all you it's what makes you you isn't it (laughs) Well, the thing, yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> that's, that's the example I can give you like from today, like just, just slowly like challenging myself. And I know to some people that doesn't seem like a big deal, but for, for me personally, that's like it's a, really a big huge, deal. That's, yeah, that's a really big deal. And also like, I know, cause I like, I wear shorts quite a lot at the moment as I'm training and like, I put like lots of posts up on Instagram in my, me and my little shorts and people can like would normally just be like oh you know like that person um she's doing that she's wearing shorts because I, someone actually spoke to me about it the other day um saying how much they liked that and I was like that's really interesting because that takes me a lot to do that like that, that, that takes a lot for me to go out like that so yeah so I think it's just challenge like whatever work whatever you 
if you if you notice stuff about yourself, you'll notice what has a little bit of a resistance. And then like thinking on what that resistance is about, like, okay, cool, I don't feel comfortable with that. Like, what what is this resistance about? And then seeing where your line is on challenging it just a little bit more. Like it's exactly the same as when you asked me to do the uh Women in Fitness Summit last year. Like I would never have done that. Like I would never have done that. And for me, it was my body image was a huge factor in what I would have said no to doing that because in my head I had like you, like you look incredible. And like I knew the lineup you had as well. And I was like, all these women look absolutely incredible. And I don't feel like I can talk about the stuff I want to be in this industry or be, be a part of this with the kind of viewer that I had on myself in my head so besides the fact that I really get shy and embarrassed and nervous and talking <laughs> apart from that body image was like a huge thing but it just it just helped me so much with my confidence otherwise not even my body image confidence my like just within myself so by limiting by limiting what I by limiting yourself basically by something like your body image like would stop other things as well so and I think it's some it's really important to realize I personally think that it's something that you have to like constantly chip away at like consistently work to because like you said before you said some people might feel a little bit better after they've lost weight but you know what like what if next year you put on the weight again like again what if you go on holiday you put on a little bit of weight you have a baby you're going to put on a bit of weight like it's like life doesn't you don't just stay can like just stay the same throughout life so does that mean that every time then you've gone back and you know you've lost weight you feel good but then you go back and whatever happens in your life you put on a little bit of weight and then you you still have that connection between body image and and how lean you are and it's just it's quite destructive I think um and also I think as well like you know you're talking about going out in your shorts and you know it's always 10 times worse for you you know how you see yourself rather than how other people see you do you know what I mean like you you know if you've got however you're thinking it's just multiplied and you're already in your head like that person thinks this this person thinks that and the reality is everyone's too busy thinking about themselves probably in the same way um to be even concerning (laughs) themselves with you which is (laughs) yeah exactly Or they're looking at you going like, look how cool that girl is. Like, (laughs) she's wearing beauty shorts with legs like that. Wicked. Look how confident she is. Exactly. Like, I I remember um, one time, I think we were were on holiday somewhere and I'm quite um, like, I'm definitely not not that comfortable um, with any cleavage or anything like that. Uh, This might be a bit too much information for listeners, but I'm going to roll with this. Um, and, um, then I, we were on this beach and there was this girl and she had big boobs and she was in a white bikini and there she was playing tennis, moving around. And I was like, you get it girl, because I would be so (laughs) self-conscious. I'm like, tuck those bad boys away, (laughs) nothing to see here. And she was just like, ow, and she looked amazing. I was like, wow, you know, um, not that I, I have average size boobs but anyways too much information um <laughs> get them out Joe. 
No, but that's that's the thing, isn't it? Like the thing, once we start realizing that like every single person has such different bodies, like the images we're fed at the moment are all really, really the same. Everyone, everyone's makeup's the same. Everyone's fashion's the same. Everyone, everyone, and everyone's so desperately trying to be different, but ends up just looking yeah, exactly looking the same. The same. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like everyone, but like, if like, I mean, so my mom's Italian. So like, if you go down to like a Mediterranean beach, they are, everything is out and like everybody looks so different. And that's like, that's such a beautiful thing. And that's such an incredible thing. And we kind of like, we forget that. Um, we forget that because just because of these images that we're fed all the time and like we can be aware of it but they just still feed into your subconscious yeah until until they become things that you don't think about so um, I uh, lived in Japan for a year when I finished uni and taught English there and in Japan they have the hot spring baths the onsens and um, um, you go like they're they're generally male and and, and female so separate but you go in there naked Um, and, and definitely, you know, living in the UK for most of my life, we don't really, we're, we're not naked people. <laughs> and, um, but I just got, I just got used to it. But then my mum and my cousin came to visit and we were in the onsen, we're getting changed and they are just giggling their heads off, ready to take their clothes off. And I was like, would you just get your clothes off? Because you sort of think that then you're going to be speaking to people and you're going to, your eyes are going to be drawn down just because you're trying not to look. And then all of a sudden, like you're staring and it's not like that. It's just, it just doesn't become a thing. So um, I'm always threatening BJ that I want to go, um, and, uh, when, you know, to a nudist beach on holiday, cause I feel like in the UK, we're just so like, Oh no, you can't have everything out. And I'm just like, everyone should just be out and free and moving about. And it's not a, it's not a big, it's not a big deal. But uh, we, w- one more story about nakedness. Um, we were, um, uh, where are we in France? I think in Corsica, no, where are we? Uh, we were in Corsica. Anyway. Um, and there were a family on the beach. There was the grandparents, there was the mum and dad, and then there were two kids. And the two kids were naked, and the grandparents were naked. And then the mum and the dad had their bikinis on. And BJ and I were like, one of them is looking at their parents-in-law with no clothes on. <laughs> but I thought that was awesome. So I'm still trying to push him in the direction of a nudist beach, but I'm not sure how how willing he's going to be. Um, awesome. Final, um, final piece, um, Lisa, you have a blood disease. Um, how does that affect you? How does it affect your training? Oh, it affects, um, me quite, it affects me quite a lot, but it does, it does go through, it does go through waves like everything else. Like when I first, I first got it, um, was the reason I had to come back from Bali actually. So Uh what is, what is, what is, what's your condition? Sorry. Yeah. We should say that first. called ITP so essentially my um, immune system attacks my platelets the platelets are the blood clotting factor um so and they also like line your blood vessels as well so if you have reduced platelets um blood can kind of seep through as well so you are at risk of sort of like interabdominal breathing um bleeding and as such so yeah so that was the reason I had to come home from Bali so that you know that point in my life was uh, pretty difficult having to try to sort of deal with this new thing like being really really healthy and fit before and not having like not being able to having to deal with this thing that no one knows what what it's about how um what kind of medication to go on I did avoid medication um for a long time 
until it came to the point where I really did need to um, to go on something and sort of experimented with different something that wasn't going to have such long term effects on me. Um, but um, how I deal with it at the moment is um, so I am I am on medication, but it it basically makes you very. Um, the thing I've noticed about it most is it makes me very fatigued. So it's um, really difficult to um, deal with around heavy training. And that's another reason why I've kind of come out of the mainstream um, uh, strongwoman um, because I was, you know, it's, it's, it's hard training. <laughs> it's really, really tough and it really takes a lot. And al- already like recovery is quite difficult, but to deal with it and then have this um, autoimmune disease where it's kind of out of the blue sometimes like you will literally feel so so tired and it's not it's really difficult to explain but it's not a type of tired where you can have a nap and you'll feel better it's like a kind of like there's nothing there it's like an emptiness really and I've spoken to a lot of other people with um autoimmune diseases and they find the same thing so the way I honestly the way I dealt with it a lot was just to realize that actually um for my health like I probably shouldn't be or I not shouldn't be for me personally I was finding it really difficult to do everything I wanted to do and also train really heavy at the same time so I've adapted my training a lot sometimes I'll I'll go in and I'm meant to do a certain session and doesn't feel right I don't do it um you know I do something else uh, so yeah so it's one of those things that it just like goes in it just goes in like highs and lows um uh the the biggest the biggest thing for me was when I realized I had to take it a little bit more seriously to be honest my recovery a little bit more seriously is when I was competing I was um I was um competing and working towards uh Europe's and I got um I actually got rhabdo from what wasn't yeah from what wasn't an unreasonable training session at all um but in my opinion it was that stage of my life that I told you where I I you know became really unfit just because I put on all this weight in order to train and just be strong and that's all I was doing and you know just getting as strong as possible and I wasn't looking after all other aspects of my health so yeah so when I yeah when I got rubbed and I had to stop a trip going to the states to train with some girls I had to like back out of the Europe's I was like this is this is silly like what am I doing this for like this so like yes I get a lot out of doing strong women but I can do it in a more appropriate way that suits me um you know it wasn't like a sudden realization it took me a little while after that <laughs> to get yeah out. well of course because you're, you're uh, at the end of the day you're competitive with yourself and with your body and what it can do so that's you what you want for it to function in the way that you want it to function to be able to do the things you want to do but you also have to think about the long-term effects yeah of course sure exactly um so yeah so I just I I just go in ebbs and flows basically so if I feel like the um my ITPs is getting a little bit too much where I'm starting to feel fatigued I just back off (laughs) I just back off um quite a lot so so yeah and in general a lot of my training is just um just reduced in volume anyway so um yeah, I think it's a. I think it's a really important thing. I think it's actually. I, I think I posted about it once as well. I think it's a really important thing for trainers to realise. Trainers realise like that. Know that they're like, there's so many autoimmune diseases around. Like, um, and whilst whilst your client might 
feel absolutely fine like it is definitely something to take into consideration that's like already a big stress on the body like their immune system is fighting um so yeah it's definitely something to uh that I've been much more aware of for myself and have become so much better by just backing off a little bit yeah yeah yeah. amazing lisa i love you you have been the best and i feel like i feel like well number one we're out of time because i have to go and pick up but um i also feel like there's there's so much more that we can talk about even in terms of um our thoughts around training um i know that when we again when we finish um our lifting courses we just talk about super Mm -hmm. simple uh programming and not getting too complex and not you know not kind of all bells and whistles in our in our approach um so i feel like that's something that we can cover on another um podcast mm-hmm. sometime soon um and then you're coming to speak again um at yes. the summit this year um and we're going to try and do a piece together amazing um and i will try and speak as as poetically as you do when you're teaching because you just said it sounds like a piece (laughs) of beautiful music when you coach and then when i coach it's just like um but thank you thank Thank you you so much much. Um, no my god no it's such a pleasure and um and also we need to we need to actually get together for a training session too um soon i need to get over to you so i can see you i can see andy i can see your podcast set up what the hell such a pro yes i will i promise okay lots of love lisa where can people find you oh um i'm really under the radar aren't i i'm not really you good are. at that you need stuff. to drag this girl out from under a stone. No, you've, it's under so that true that you probably that you... just like yeah i probably hide hide don't i i'm Do. like away um probably just instagram really yeah. yogini beast yeah, yeah. that's the uh, that's the easiest way i think yeah so yogini beast on instagram and you can see um lisa just generally being strong and awesome uh (laughs) which uh which is cool but thank you so much love enjoy the rest of your day and evening and we'll catch up soon bye-bye